You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Um, both of us today have uh, have a little bit of a cold, so excuse our raspy voices, I guess. It might make me sound cooler. We'll see. Um, but I am sat here today um, down in the studio. <clears throat> there it goes. Uh, of Matt Goad. Man, thanks so much. Thanks, Mike. It's this, a pleasure. Uh, pleasure yeah, this. this is a really cool spot. Thanks. Like it's really, you know, you get to see people's studios and I, I interviewed Desmond Mason and he kind of just has like a garage loft that he kind of does his painting out of and this blows his place out of the water, man. This is oh, really does. cool. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably be, uh, I'd probably play basketball better than him, right? I, 100%. No. Yeah, definitely. Definitely <laughs> dunk over him. I'm sure he's listening. Um, no, man, this is really cool. Uh, yeah, like it just the way that you design stuff, it's very unique. It stands out. Um, which I'm sure we'll get into today, but it's not, you know, like we just kind of chatted a little bit before this, it's not just the graphic design and the art that you do, you know, it's it's the music and the love of cars and motorcycles and just the whole kind of culture that goes around it, you know, and you mentioned architecture before this as well, like it's, I see you as just you kind of live art and creation and function, I think is one of the words that's on the website that I kind of went yeah. towards but um from a young age you were a big artist right yes far back as i remember i've got drawings i don't i i did before i can remember and mom kept them and that was a huge part as mom kept everything and, and everyone encouraged it and i guess she saw something or she was just another proud mom mama yeah. that that really uh uh, encouraged me in that area but I just truly loved it I loved drawing and I just would lose myself for hours all, every day in it so yeah but when it became time in my life to what career do I go into I kind of was looking at the options and graphic design was something they said you could you could do if you're a good artist so I didn't even really understand what it was and I did that got into that and you know yeah. fell in love with it surprisingly so yeah and like I said, you still have all those scrapbooks that mum kept and I do. all the drawings and stuff. Yeah, most of them. She's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's fun for me to look through. As kids, like, I think you always kind of think that your grand or your mum, you always keeps put stuff away, but they always get lost somewhere, don't they? Yeah, they do. Mom had the cedar chest and she just shoved it in there. And it's, you know, I never even looked at it for probably 20 years. She had it in there from like 1980 to, you know, Maybe around 2000, she pulls it out one time when I was down there. I was just cracking up at some of the stuff. Yeah. Uh, in a way, you know, you're more creative when you're a kid. You know, you, you don't have all these rules that right. people put it in a way. I mean, that's kind of a classic thing. But um, when I look at my stuff back then, it really is. I didn't really have the, the style nailed down. I was all over the place kind of, but... You know, the ideas were there, the kooky, crazy ideas. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and and it's something that, like, I mean, I, I drew as a kid, too. I think it's something that we all kind of definitely go through, but there's always something else that takes over. You know, there's football, there's sports, or there's now there's online social media, PlayStations, whatever it is. Like, yeah. it's just that, it, you know, it clearly was something that you loved doing from a young age, that it stayed with you. Right. It's very rare. Right. And and when I became more adolescent, I didn't really look at it as a thing that girls would like so much. So I guess I sort of, <laughs> that's when I started trying sports and stuff. And I didn't, I wasn't great at that. I also was playing guitar then, which I still do. Yeah. For But I don't know. I, I might have had a couple girlfriends due to that. But due to the guitars. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about the art. Yeah. I still don't know about that. So... Do you have any brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have a younger brother. He's about two years younger. And okay. He's uh, he's pretty creative as well. He he does did went a whole different route. He joined the army. He was in Desert Storm, and he's just a little. A, we're a little different. Um, really proud of him, though. I mean, we're just you know we just kind of yeah. went slightly different direction. He's a little bit more in the in um, sort of uh, the oil industry in in Houston. Uh, yeah. Was so. he kind of like, I'm going to go the, I quote unquote, the safe route and get a job. And you're like, I'm going to be an artist creative and going to work that way. Uh, 
Well, you know, he joined the army. He didn't go, so I don't know that he was trying to go the safe route. Uh, I I don't know if he was intense on the creativity like I was. Yeah. Um, growing up, so you know, right. He got into scouting and then karate and stuff, and I, you know, I was drawing all the time. So yeah. we just kind of took our different paths. And you, you mentioned that it says like you know we just spoke about and we have your website pulled up, the new website which is uh, matgo.com, which you, people listening should definitely check that out. Brand new website, it's amazing. Um, and you know you mentioned a little bit about that about how much you traveled as a kid. Yeah. Um, does that something that kind of you draw a lot of inspiration from is travel? Do you still try and travel quite a bit? Well, for many years, I haven't. I've just been so wrapped in my career. I just not made it a priority, but that's all changing at this point in my life. I'm definitely traveling. I travel about once a month somewhere, um, even if it's just a quick trip, Friday through Monday kind of thing. But, uh, uh, yeah, growing up, it was weird. Everyone asked me, was your dad in the military? I joke like he was in God's army. (laughs) But he, uh, he was just a kind of a traveling preacher man he was a, pre- a church of christ preacher and he for some reason he would find a different church or or he would be let go which happened in a couple which i have a couple crazy stories on that i could tell you um but he uh yeah moved us almost every year there's a couple years where we stayed in one city and that was like whoa you know yeah um but you know i grew up yeah, and and like eight different states between the time I was born and I was eleven. So, just so you know, um, get a reference. And then we landed in uh, Mesa, Arizona, the desert southwest, and lived there up until I came to Oklahoma, which I thought would be a couple of years to go to school, and then I'd be back in Mesa. And I, I here I am. I'm still, still here. <laughs> I still love the desert. Still have it in my blood. Yeah, it, it all that stuff is informed. <clears throat> My art to some degree, yeah. What was it like when you first came to Oklahoma in the like early 90s? Well, actually, it was like 80, okay. 88, first semester of college. Uh, well, it was shocking to see all the green trees, you know, coming yeah. from the cactus in the desert. Uh, but that's kind of where I, I grew up in the Midwest. So um, it, w- it was neat. Phoenix is a relatively young city, and I guess Oklahoma City is as well, but... There's just a lot of brick, older buildings here, and so that visual vibe of green trees and, you know, a lot more of a land, flat landscape, yeah, things like that, uh, kind of, I don't know. It was just a, quite a bit different. Right. Where did you go to school? I started at Oklahoma Christian. Okay. Up, uh, and um, that was also kind of a part of my family, they wanted me to go to a Christian school. Mom goes, hey, if you sign these papers, you know, you get to go to school. I didn't realize it'd be paying <laughs> until I was 30-something. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, started there. I, I got really poor grades the first couple years. Um, but I got a couple, couple had a couple classes, one being uh, printing, like learning how to do etchings and wood engravings and things like that that really hit me kind of hard, like important. And... Uh, but then I quit school, had a couple weird, had a couple weird things, and I quit, uh, got a job in design, and I was like, well, I don't need to finish. And while I was doing that, it was an awesome opportunity. I worked downtown. This was right before the bombing mm-hmm. happened. In fact, the the facade of that that studio was blasted in by the bomb. We weren't there that morning, but uh, um, anyway, decided later at with the encouragement of my employer to go back and finish. And I went to UCO and graduated up there. Yeah. By then I was, you know, straight A's. So. And well, more in, focused. well into the design world and yeah, fully. Big, yeah. Big time. I already had worked and done some, had some professional pieces under my belt. And the cool thing about that, that I'm proud of, or that I was just fortunate of, I guess more than proud is, is that I got a, live in the world before the computer the world of graphic design before computer so a lot of industries have changed massively but especially graphic design it totally just changed right in a lot of ways for the worse uh when the computer came in it made everything so much faster and and so much more power but in a way people people would skate by on that rather than and still do rather than Mm -hmm good ideas i guess good and good solid design yeah um like as well as as well now. as the clients the the clients now expect magic instantly because they can get it in a way right and, uh, back then you know i had a motorcycle i used to 
have to drive the motorcycle across town to present an ad. And then if there were any changes, you know, it was a big deal. Right. So, and the client knew that if we had a deadline, you know, we might have to fix that spelling, but that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, we were airbrushing and doing, you know, yeah, photo mockups. I mean, interesting and then hard at the same time growing up through that because, you know, you've learned to do everything by hand and draw and all the rest of it. And then out comes the internet and CAD and all the rest of it. And now you have people who never knew how to do it by hand. And now that's all they know is the internet stuff. Right. And like, oh, I can do this. It's easy. And I can do it in, you know, an hour. Uh Uh-huh. What was that like to like to deal with? Was it interns that you kind of had sometimes or uh, companies that you worked with that that just did internet stuff? And was there people who kind of fought that and didn't think that it would last? And just how was that whole time? Yeah, um, I definitely saw a lot of students coming out in the mid to late 90s who you could tell their portfolios so much of their work was based on what they could do in a pro computer program rather than just a really you know good design and good idea that had nothing to do with the, right. the program and that's still the case i think to some degree um, um from the client standpoint uh i guess i don't know i guess it just changed it just changed in that people expected a lot more, a lot quicker, you know. Um, as far as the other thing with the design is, uh, you know, you got the internet now, so you can just Google or anything, look up, search engine, look up good designs mm-hmm. and and bad designs. So you have so much influence that you, you can take in, whereas back back then, you know, I we would wait on these communication arts magazines would come in once a quarter or something, and it was yeah. like, Ah, and I did nothing for two days, but look at it. Now you get them and look at them and you're like, oh, I, seen the, I saw this yesterday on Dribble and um, all these websites right. that, you know, have, have design. But so it's, it's twofold there. Again, there's also a lot of bad design out there. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a crazy world now. Yeah. You know, everybody that's got their little style in clothes or whatever, they're dialed in, you know, because they can get the whole the whole kid on you know oh yeah on ebay or whatever yeah it's the same with graphic designers you know yeah it's uh right i had a friend of mine the other day was he he kind of does um puts together packages website works for a company that does kind of all that web optimization stuff and and he was like a client needed a logo and i just sent it off to fiverr or whatever and got one within an hour i got five in an hour and i get to choose the best one yeah yeah they have those websites yeah you pay 50 dollars and you get a logo i mean that's absurd to me but but you know but but whatever i understand if you're a small business you can't afford yeah a a fancy matt goad logo you know you're gonna get you know, I don't, I don't know how that works. That I guess it's like they, they sort of put out bids for designers, and they're on. Right. I don't know. Anyway. People sat on computers just waiting for a design to do, and they right. do it, and I'm sure they're doing hundreds a day. Um, but during like you know this time with you know like the whole early '90s and and everything going on there, and you know you going back to school, and were you just doing commercial work and working at that time, or were you also kind of selling your own styled stuff? Was that kind of going on at the same time, or did that come after? Yeah, well, I never really even attempted to do any kind of thing where I would think of it as fine art, hanging in a gallery. I was intent on becoming an illustrator, though, like editorial illustration yeah. or package illustration. And I was definitely trying to hone in on a style. I was clued in that you got to have your thing, you know, and it's got to be different right? And, and good, and good, you know. And a lot of my, I have a bunch of heroes that, you know, I could still rattle off that were people that I, I looked at, wow, they got a really solid style. And even though I, I'd like to kind of have that style too, I can't, I got to do my own thing. So, yeah. so, um, but yeah, during that period, even the early nineties, I was getting a few gigs here and there doing like a book cover or a, or a menu design or a little illustration in a magazine for a story like editorial stuff and uh yeah so during that that was when i was really trying to hone in on you know what is what is what am i gonna be okay my my art and what do i love you know and and i i guess that's an amalgamation of all the all the (coughs) illustrators and artists that i grew up loving kind of all mixed together in a way Mm -hmm. based 
and and with my experience. I mean, I don't know how other artists yeah explain how they come up with their style, but that's how I would mine. I it's guess. all kind of all unique, isn't it? Like it just you know, for the ones I've spoken into spoken to in the past, it, it it's like the music or just listening to music when they think or, or reading or going on traveling and just pulling from different things and then they come back and have this giant vision board and just kind of pull it from there. Uh, but like I said, it's a, such a unique process and everyone's got a unique style. Like yeah. for you with like the tape and everything, like it's, where did that kind of come from with drawing everything and with the straight lines and the tape and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, well, it's funny. I didn't really, I know, I knew in college that I wasn't going to be a really good painter, like in the classic sense of painting. Um, Freehand, all that kind of stuff. Well, I was good at freehand drawing, but I didn't have the ability to like mix colors very well. And the reason I thought that is I would go to, I had a few classmates with me who were amazing at it and I'd watch them and it was just like, I just don't have that. But what I did have was an ability to create a, a really good composition and tell a story with the design and and the thing that re- really hit home was the woodcut printing and I love the flat colors and the hard edge lines um, and it wasn't until like uh, I was 30 or so and I tried a, a couple unique approaches or some stuff I hadn't done before and that was to just look at a painting maybe you look at it more graphic like that and then I tried a few things, not knowing if they were working or not, but I was liking them, and that was basically with tape, masking stuff off, and then mm-hmm. painting almost like a sign painter with a roller sometimes, uh, with a sponge brush sometimes, dabbing, and then just re- regular brushes. But, uh, you know, I tried it, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of digging this. It kind of feels like something I could explore and get into with actual paint and uh I was working for, as a graphic designer for what's now Oklahoma Contemporary. It used to be called City Art Center. Mm-hmm. And one, their art director guy, I was doing a brochure or something for him. He came over to my old studio and uh, was was in there. We were looking at changes in this brochure. And he's like, who's, who's are these? I go, they're mine. These paintings I had just laying, leaning against the, the wall. And he just looks at me and goes, you're going to be in an art show. So the rest is kind of history. I kind of yeah. have to. I owe it to him or blame him. Yeah. Uh, when was that? Clint Stone, if you're listening. <laughs> that would have been about 2006, okay. 2007, maybe. So that was when that kind of kicked off. When you had, Did you sell any from that art show? Yeah, I sold a couple paintings. Um, it was a group show. It was called Pop Surrealism, which I still don't exactly understand. But there were, they had a couple well-known artists in it from the coast, I believe, and then other uh, i don't remember everyone that was in it but uh yeah um i had a good response and i felt really good about it a couple uh paint local painters that i'm a big fan of came out encouraged me and yeah i just haven't stopped since then yeah that was like the breakthrough to say hey you can actually do this and not focus it so much on the commercial stuff well, it was the breakthrough when I said I could be a painter, even though I paint differently than a, cl- a class. You know, but who, what's the what's the rule books? So, right. You know, there's no rules. So, um, but the yeah, I mean, I'm still working on on that switch over from commercial to the <laughs> pure fine art. But it's definitely been it's definitely been eclipsing to right. some degree. It's about fifty fifty right now. Yeah, so. and I'm sure they both kind of help each other, right? Because you know you have the for, for what I see, you know, like the classic, like the Elk Valley stuff that you've done. And people yeah. see that and they're like, oh, I'd love something like that on my wall. And then they come to you and like, well, I'll give you an idea or a few ideas and just let you run with it. Yeah, it's funny. It's opposite yeah. what, you t- what you're what you taught in school. They're like, well, with, with graphic design, you're, you're creating a look for that client that looks different than anyone else's, and especially their competitors. And you're not, you're not there to self-express in a way. You've got to have these artistic... Mm-hmm. sensibilities but but you're not putting your spin on it it's funny now people want that yeah uh, to some degree they want my thing on it which is pretty awesome yeah uh it's just a unique experience a, a fairly new experience right to see that happening but yeah elk valley is a great example of the uh of just um a framework based on the starting with the logo that developed into the cans that sort of grew out of that logo is the can designs. And they're all, even though they're all different, they all go together. There's mm-hmm. a geometry they all share. Um, 
but you know, lots of flat, bold colors and fun ideas is yeah. what we were going for on those. Yeah, and it's definitely like going back to like what you what you had to create from a young age is like you, right? And separate you from everybody else if you want to make this thing a future and, and a livelihood. And they clearly have by seeing that. You know, you go to Elk Valley and, and you see all their logos and you know exactly who's done that, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm talking to Brian about it. <clears throat> he was saying that like there's a reason that they came to you because they just loved how it looked and they wanted your influence in it, uh, which was kind of really cool to see. As well as I mean, their beer is amazing. Yeah, um, you know yeah, they Brian's do. talented. Man. Yeah, <laughs> they do a great job. Um, what about like, you know, all the other things are outside of that? Like, you know, you're you're a huge like gearhead, petrol head. You love kind of cars and bikes and stuff. You know, I saw you did the gentleman's ride a couple yeah. of months ago. Right. And, <laughs> and just kind of, you know, you've, you have a career outside, um, which I, I think is still one of the best looking careers of 997 of its era. Right. Cause like yeah. the new yeah. ones, they just keep getting bigger and bigger and they, they look ridiculous. I think they don't understand right. why they're so big. Um, and I guess that's the last of the air cooled, right? Is it the one that you have? Uh, no, no, I, sorry, I that, a, is, is it the Metzger last one? What is yeah, it? The last one was the nine, 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 three. And that was 98. I okay. believe was the last year they air cooled. And then those, and those are worth so much. I had <laughs> stupid a money. 3.2 liter in the eighties yeah. uh, for you. Porsche kicking yourself by getting rid of it well yeah uh, yes and no my one of my best friends owns it now so oh really but he can't very well sell it to me what what i sold it to him for just because they're worth so much more but yeah growing up you know i was always loving weird sports cars like like every boy yeah, it's not a unique thing so but porsche was at the top always you know i always loved those and volkswagens mm-hmm. i didn't even realize they were kind of related to yeah. later but uh you know, and I've had numerous Volkswagens over the year. I got an old vintage Beetle that I love. Uh-huh. It's on, actually on my website next to that Fowler mural. But, uh, you know, I had a, yeah, 3.2 Targa and yeah. sold it. And uh, at the time, I had like three or four cars. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a petrol head, I guess. <laughs> like I have a condition. <laughs> but is it like, is it just a German thing with like the BW and the Porsche? Uh because they don't just no. do like they're not just like the Italians where it's like flair and it's your poster car it's on the wall like there's something the Germans just do it well everything yeah, there's, there's something about the German automobiles I truly love especially Porsche I mean those classic uh, no, yeah and the three fifty sixes I mean that was mm-hmm. I still want one when I was when I was eleven I was like I gotta own one of those you know and then I found out it's kind of a glorified Beetle yeah you know and and my dad and I looked at one it was seven thousand dollars in nineteen eighty five and that thing's I don't know what it'd be worth crazy now, money I love know. I love those yeah the those cars and the German cars and motorcycles but my motorcycles are Hondas you know I've got a couple old vintage Hondas I've got like the axis powers of the vehicles the yeah <laughs> German and the Japanese <laughs> but yeah I'm dismissing the Italians now yeah uh, was it some because you clearly you know you do a lot of road trips and I've seen you you know follow you on Instagram and you drive the Porsche as far as you can drive it which is great because it lasts forever and they're by far the most reliable sports car supercar right. out there um, when I you do chased off a couple girlfriends with it, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm you do travel, yeah, when you do travel and, you know, you kind of get out, like I said, you know, you just mentioned before we started this, that you try and travel a lot and, you know, leave on a Friday, come back on a Monday. Do you go specifically to just get away, be in the car, have like that gearhead mentality and just go away and be with, outside of everything, stay away from the phone and emails? Or do you go with a sense of... I'm just going to go and see where it takes me. And there's a goal to being creative while you're away. Uh, both, really. Okay. I definitely have a destination in mind. Like if I'm running up to Eureka Springs or out to Santa Fe or something. But but yeah, it's definitely, it's really in touch with nature. Mm-hmm. It's kind of opposite, I guess. People would look at it as opposites. Cars, petrol, and nature. Yeah. But to me, they connect. I mean, I don't know. They pull it out of the ground. I don't know. I, I, I love nature so much. And to me, that's the best way to get there is to take a cool sports car right and string a few s-bands together and go through the gears and enjoy it some windies are bet the you know there's not many here in the state is that no that's why eureka spring you know uh up there in that you know that north north eastern oklahoma area Mm -hmm. yeah pretty sweet so on the website there's there's a a clip a video clip which is really cool kind of does you know 
about an hour, um, about a minute 30 just kind of shows who you are. And in that you, you mentioned function and just like that function is design and, and function is art because of it, it's beautiful and it just creates, you know, and when I heard you say that, I thought of cars straight away because a lot of people don't think that cars are art. And I disagree because I think that there's so many cars that are extremely artistic and but also at the same they're very fun you know their functionality is is there as well German cars to be more specific because the Italians just seem to just create designs and and they're not very well not very functional they don't have boot space or you know like trunk space or whatever it is but can you elaborate on like the whole function of like just your art in a whole and how that kind of goes in how that works because i mean another word that you mentioned on the website was just happiness and when people see your art that you want them to feel happy right and i definitely get that feeling because it's a lot of big bright colors but how does the happiness and the function go together and kind of just because that's kind of what you do right that's your yeah does that make sense in design we're taught form follows function and I, I think that's a maybe a louis sullivan quote i'm I, i'm not sure he was yeah. franklin wright's mentor anyway uh uh you know it's kind of a stretch with art but you know um arts to make you happy and i think charles eames said something like what that's something to do with that's a function it's making you feel good you know yeah um or move you um maybe not feel good but take you to a certain place maybe it's a memory or same with a photograph that you want to frame and hang on your wall mm-hmm. um and to me that's the function of art and that that's what i try to do with my art uh is make it something that yeah makes you conjures a feeling and it might be a hap I, you know my the, the boldness and the colors definitely will create a reaction mm-hmm. uh some people may hate it some people will love it which i kind of like that i don't know I don't know. That's yeah. what I've been told anyway. People told me that. <laughs> so, but but it does create a, a reaction. And and I'd like it to be a positive one in general. Okay. Uh, color's always been my hardest thing. That's why it's the most satisfying when I come up with a palette that works together, that's dialed in, I call it. But mm-hmm. uh, it's, you know, when, when that happens, it's usually a positive feeling. You know, I've got a painting I did of a cowboy getting shot in the back. It's not a really happy scene. But the way it's done, I think it's almost like in the way of a comic book can make you kind of feel good, maybe nostalgic in a way or, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So yeah. there's that. Cool. Um, and just, did I, that answer? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it was kind of just a lot of questions in one really, but I just kind of like, first of all, I like the new website. It looks really good. And it definitely tells the story of who you are and what you do. Got a store um, on coming soon. It's not there. <laughs> I have a store. So. Um, but so talk about the website when people reach out obviously they can they can ask you know there's an about and there's also a bit in the website where they can reach out to you and ask you to do stuff um is there any project that's too big too small right now because you've done some huge pieces the biggest project i've ever done is what i'm working on right now and that's the airport expansion Uh i was selected out of a on a in a contest they well it was a it was a call for um artists to submit uh-huh. Uh, for this, the, the Oklahoma has a one percent public art thing, which is I think is a na- national thing. I don't know if it's in every state, but it's in a few states, and we have the one percent thing here, and it's awesome because because uh, it's created a value for the city. Yeah, and they're doing they're doing that, and they had they did that with this new airport expansion. They're building a hundred million dollar expansion, and and. Uh, it's going to include terrazzo and etched glass, and that's what I bid on. And I won it out of a, a lengthy deal, and I put together this pretty elaborate presentation. And much to my surprise, I was selected. <laughs> I never thought thought it could happen. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing, easily. <laughs> the next biggest is probably the murals I've done. Okay. So, but, uh, but yeah, right now, most of the work on my website, mattgoad.com, is stuff I've done in the past for other people. A few are for sale, but I don't, I don't necessarily have them marked yet. So if anyone is interested in a piece, they can reach out. Yeah. Um, got a few commissions. This has been a weirdly slow year for me. Um, I guess part of that was that airport project took a lot out of me uh, in a way. I just went yeah. through some kind of personal stuff. But in general, it's been an awesome year, you know. Uh-huh. 
So yeah, I was up at uh, Buck Atoms a couple of months ago and saw the piece that's up for sale. That's up there. That's yeah, yours. Yeah, yeah. That's a really cool piece. It's it's bizarre. I my friend Mary Beth asked me to do so. I gave her that. So they're trying to sell that thing. If they you guys are, yeah. are interested, it's all going to the the neon they're going to put in at mm-hmm. Buck Adams. So. That's a, such a cool place, too. Yeah, Mary Beth Babcock, she's an uh-huh. Oklahoma treasure for sure. Definitely, so. yeah. And, and if you follow, if anybody listening follows her or follows Buck Adams in Tulsa, you'll see that like she's been traveling around to find other... What what do you call muffler the, men? That's right. Yeah. yeah, others around the around the nation, and it's really cool because they're everywhere. Yeah, it's an awesome little thing <clears throat> if you Google or Wikipedia muffler yeah. men. It's a cool. Because you went to the opening, right? Yeah, I went to the opening, which was awesome. The, yeah, the lieutenant governor was there, and uh, yeah, yeah. It looked like I mean, looked like a great time. I, I kind of popped in just on a random day, and nobody there. I got kind of spoke to Mary Beth quite a while and hopefully going to get up there and have her on the podcast. I think she has some amazing stories and just that whole place. Is a, it's just a cool spot yeah, to be, be isn't it? Yeah, be a great one to have on your, yeah. your thing. Well, you mentioned, obviously, you know, you have this this huge airport project. Is there any others that you have in the pipeline right now or just kind of, is there any, any that really kind of were really personal to you? Is there any of those? A lot of the pieces I've painted are personal okay. that I've done for myself that aren't, you know, commissions. But even the commissions, the more I do them, the more I'm realizing I got to kind of do them for me. I don't, yeah. otherwise, then, I, yeah, I'm kind of a commercial artist. And that's, fortunately, most of the people that want a commission want that, you know. They want you They might have. have a size that they need it to be, but uh, um, in general, they want me to do my thing. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm trying to be. Uh, how did the Fowler VW one come about? Yeah, that one was that that one was personal in that I had a like we talked about earlier. I've had a love for Volkswagens and also history. Uh-huh. I think it's fascinating to me that the the car that is the symbol of peace and love in the '60s came from the Nazis. Yeah, you know, it was Hitler's runaround. <laughs> people don't realize that, and to me, that story is so fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I mean, my family fought in World War II against the Nazis. You know. A lot of, half my family's German too, so it's yeah. weird. But, but the uh, yeah, that mural is a little timeline, and Jonathan Fowler basically said, "Just do what you want on it." I'm like, "Well, man, I I love Volkswagen, so I." And if you go on my website, you can see my Beetle there up against the mural. But uh, I did a little timeline from from the original uh, Volkswagens designed uh, for for Hitler yeah uh out of uh they they had the town was called KDF but anyway it's now called Wolfsburg and there's a castle there called Wolfsburg so going from the left to the right it's basically from the Nazis which I have indicated by a skull I don't I didn't <laughs> want to put a swastika on there on their, on their uh, mural so and then it kind of crosses the ocean and it becomes the symbol for peace and love and then kind of changes the world of transportation in a way so but that was a really really fun yeah project on a fun personal level, right you know, not like deep something yeah you know. is that kind of like the whole process of building this piece obviously you know history plays a huge part and, and the vw you know the bug the beetle it's such an iconic car through time how was well how long did that did it take you to build that process of like the history put it all together and then create what it is that you created well, all every design I do, I, I it's just the uh, accumulation of sketches, drawings okay. of pencil and paper in my little notebooks. So I have tons of those little field guides, Aaron Durapolin field guide things, and those are pretty full. Um, but I just, I it's funny that one. It took me the the left side took me about uh, three hours to draw out, and I just sort of knew it. I've just felt it. The right side because it was. A little bit different of a story um, took a lot longer. I don't know, maybe 16 hours uh, yeah. drawing it and changing it, draw, redrawing it, changing it. And then and then I either scan or photograph it and transfer it into the computer, and that's where I create these stencils from that. So okay. for this one, we, we knocked it out quickly because I, I, uh, I recruited some uh, college art students to help me paint it. So. Yeah. We were able to knock it out on t- basically two Saturdays. But so. but th- is this the same process that you follow with every piece? Like you draw a lot of it in your sketchbook and, and yeah, your field almost, manuals and then kind of go 
into the computer and build the stencils from that. Yeah, I built the stencils from that, which was a, something I just tried. I didn't know it, it was a thing. I still don't know if it's a thing, but I I tried it. I knew you could make vinyl stencils and make signage, so or vinyl to make signage. And I, I, it came to me that I could make a stencil. So everything prior was just me taping stuff, you know. Right. And um, I still do that a lot. These are mix. There's always tape involved uh-huh. somewhere. And is, also freehanding involved uh, in a lot of it. So Is that like a giant wall? Is, or is that like a huge acrylic piece? It's a wall. It's okay. drywall. And uh, yeah, we did it right on the drywall. Yeah. So. so when did the acrylic work come in? Because you've done some stuff on acrylic too, right? Well, the paints are acrylics. Got you. So okay, so they're not the, like plastic acrylic that you've like painted on top of. No, no. Ah, just so it gives that most, effect. Most of my paintings are done on birch wood Got now. You. Make, and then uh, I've done them on canvas, uh, but you okay. know I'll put a gesso base down, and then I I put acrylic. And I about a year and a half, two years ago, I started putting uh, resins on them just because it makes the colors even more vibrant. Yeah, especially the blacks makes them more. That's kind of what yeah. I thought gave it that plasticky, like, I, like the acrylic yeah, yeah. like feel, I guess. Uh-huh. Kind of when you see one, you think, oh, it's just like it looks plastic, right? But that makes sense. Right. It's, it's the acrylic paint that makes it pop. Yeah, and uh, I've been told many times <clears throat> I need to get into, and I've thought this, uh, try some stained glass stuff. So that's something I'm going to explore. Yeah. Um, that's some really cool stuff because it's um, – my dad has some experience in that. He was a, a glazer and, and kind of did some – kind of the you know when when the stained glass stuff was big kind of late 90s kind of stuff that he did some designs in that and it, it's really cool to watch with like the lead work and stuff of put piecing yeah. them all together and how you do that and yeah i think as long as you got the right lighting behind it it's gonna pop isn't it right yeah well it's something i'm, I'm thinking about how do i get into that yeah. i've already got quite a few <laughs> things Irons on the plate the fire yeah so. uh, now you know we're in the studio and there's stuff dotted around everywhere is all of this stuff kind of being worked on is this stuff that's finished that's just not sold yet what is kind of oh i've got a mix uh some of it's sold and okay they they haven't one guy came down from tulsa a couple of weeks ago and it wouldn't fit in his truck <laughs> so we got to figure out another way uh i just shipped a piece up to seattle that wasn't easy because it was a large piece right. uh and and then, you know, I have a show in November. I think it's November 20th or 21st okay. at Verbode. Urban Core Artist, Chris, uh, um, Christy Owen kind of runs that. Mm-hmm. She's an amazing uh, artist as well. Uh, an amazing artist. Yeah. She uh, has has always been a good encouragement. So, so yeah, it's a mix in okay. here. Some are in process. I still have to put a resin on the guy in the middle over there. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, they can't and, see that. And this is not just like I said. This is not just the artist part. Like this is you know the band hangs out here too, right? Yeah, I'm in a I'm in a band. Yeah, we're, we're uh, we you know everyone in the band's a dad but me. So there's <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a funny Instagram thing called Rigs of Dad. Okay, and I follow it because we're kind of in that age group now. But I don't I don't know. It's something I've never been able to stop doing. I love it too much. Playing guitar, writing songs, and jamming with the bros on the weekends right. so that's what we do and we we've got uh you know there's four of us i have a new group we're about maybe six months old now we're okay. called hollow ghosts before that my band was feel specters people have maybe heard of that a little bit uh-huh um so you know and that's just something to keep creative juices flowing and just I'm, a love of playing guitar from yeah age. i love it i i always have you know to me it was like it's like Picasso art, the Beatles music. I don't, I yeah. know, I don't know. I just, I, I well, can't shake either of them. I think <laughs> you probably. Uh, I'm assuming that you, you know, you grew up in the era that like album covers were like actually important. Oh yeah, right? vinyl covers were important. They looked cool. That's how they sold the vinyl record as well. Was to have a cool kind of sleeve for it. Yeah, the 33s. You know, that yeah. was that was you know, yeah, you could do a really cool piece of art or. or see a really cool powerful visual yeah um and i could talk about that forever so when i was yeah when i was about eight nine that's when i started buying vinyl you know Mm -hmm. and then cds came along and that kind of went to went to the (laughs) yeah crapper or whatever but yeah uh 
Is there any? Now they're back. Out? I mean, you yeah, know, they, you're right. Back. They are coming back, and there's there's people's collections now that are worth a lot more money than they were five years ago. Oh, totally, totally. Um, I have a, my, one of the guys in my band. That's his job. He, he buys and sells records. So, really, yeah, that, that's so. awesome. Was there anything that kind of stood out from a young age that, like, for on those album covers, that kind of did, was that a big inspiration to the, some of the drawings that you would do as a kid? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean. Certainly, certainly those Beatles records, yeah. you know, uh, it's funny later in life, I discovered the artists that were the originators of album covers like Alex Steinwise. And in fact, I wrote him a letter yeah. in, uh, in the early two thousands. Like I just, back then you could just look him up online. He was still alive. He was like 98. I yeah. mailed him a, I mailed him a letter with an album and he mailed it back signed. Oh, that's awesome. So he literally invented the concept of an album cover before that it was just like brown paper wrapper it'd have a gold foil stamp that said beethoven or something you know? okay. and he worked at columbia said hey let's let's put art on these all these all the, these jazz records and then they they started doing that his guy that worked for him was jim flora who's uh both of them are huge influences okay. on what my art style is in a way uh um yeah also Stuart davis charlie harper all those guys are illustrators really that well Stuart Davis was not was a, was an artist artist like okay artist, but uh but yeah anyway I'm going off on a tangent but the album covers yeah that was certainly part of what inspired me that and also products like I would draw labels like uh the bubble bath or bubble bath or shaving cream or cereal yeah. covers I would just draw those things you know I still have drawings of a lot of that. Yeah. And the other thing was battleships. We lived in Mobile, Alabama for a year, and I was oh, obsessed yeah. with ba the battleships then. You come out of the bridge, and you look to the right, and you, or under the, yeah, out yeah. of the tunnel, and you look to the right, and there's this giant <laughs> sea of battleships, and they're yeah. huge, aren't they? <laughs> it's such a cool bridge to go across, and you always look back, and you're like, things yeah, are actually yeah. massive. <laughs> uh, and then I guess playing uh, battleships growing up as a kid. Right, I played that in the nineties. Like, it was like the best oh, totally. game ever. Yeah, yeah. You know, he sunk my battleship or whatever, <laughs> and we'd always cheat. Everyone always does. Right. Um, you know, just kind of stuff like that. That now it's like probably some app that you can play. Yeah, right. Sure, right on your phone. Play yeah. somebody over in China or something. Yeah. Um, is there anything that kind of like stands out now that's just completely like the process to what you do now to what you did back then is completely different? Like is uh, just with the ad of internet, social media, like how has that kind of transition been from selling stuff and selling yourself and, you know, you work in like late 90s to now with a new website and an Instagram and all the rest of it? Yeah, well, everybody has their own like <clears throat> NBC channel yeah. or, you know, broadcasting system. It's funny. So, I mean, there's no way to... There's no superlatives I could give you that would explain that yeah. the shift of that. I mean, I've got paintings almost, I think, on every continent but Antarctica. Okay. I've sold to people either through my Instagram or my websites, and it's just bizarre. I don't even have many followers. Right. Know? I have, like, a little over 3,000 right now, and it's just, like, it's it's weird. I don't know. I've got two paintings in Rome. I mean, yeah. that never would have happened in the 90s for a a number of reasons <laughs> yeah but uh you know there yeah i mean it's it's do you now like obviously i assume you see the value in it do you now is it time to like really like the reason for a new website is it just kind of time to double down on that stuff now and really push everything through the channels well yeah i don't know i think everyone's trying to always better themselves a little bit and my old website was great but um with with everything happening with like the airport and stuff. I needed something. I wanted something that showed multiple images of the, of the work and, uh, uh -huh. something that was just a little bit more <clears throat> st streamlined, you know? Um, yeah. So that was the reason I didn't really want a, a fancy design. I just wanted it really functional. And Mark Owen with Hive design was really great at, at helping me, you know, accomplish that. Yeah. Really simple, easy to navigate, works on all the devices as fast as when you have a site with a ton of images, it can, it can become, you know, sluggish and so yeah it is really easy to kind of get around and get through and see exactly what you need to see 
Yeah, and that's the goal. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It's really cool. Is there any um, outside of the VW piece? Uh, is there any pieces that stand out that are like, you know, you're asked to do, but are like absolute favorite that you've done? Well, a mother's love is in a way a tribute to my mother. Uh-huh. Um, she uh, was raising two two boys. My my dad and her split up, and you know, my mom. She's she's kind of she's a sweet kind of um a little bit on the reserved quiet side uh christian lady and yeah but if you crossed her sons in any way there she she was a vicious bear she yeah. would come out and so yeah a mother's love uh, i also like i said i have a love for nature and i was ta- or i was listening to some podcasts and this guy was talking about how there are a few more ferocious things you'll ever encounter in nature than a mother bear and her cubs and I thought it'd be just intriguing to see that last scene you ever see while you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's full. And I have two yeah. cubs behind her that are kind of in horror watching what mom is about to do to the, the viewer. So, um, and as, as dark as that concept is, if you look at the piece, it's kind of, you'll smile, I think, at, yeah. the, at the way it's executed. I don't know. Um, I have a love for animals and some in a lot of pieces there's a overcoming of animal versus man in a way. And I don't I'm not like some PETA guy at all, but I, I definitely you know, I don't know. I would like to see a world where animals are treated better, you yeah. Know? So I I I have a lot of work that incorporates that. Uh personal stuff. This I have another one about a bear, but it's a polar bear. It's called Northern Likes, and it's not really a statement about global warming. It's got a bear looking. It's, it's more of a like self, how you look at yourself sometimes is often different than the way the world sees you. Right. And sometimes, for me, a lot of times grow, growing up, I don't know, I'd look at myself as maybe broken in a way or different in a bad way. And I don't know if that's just an artist thing or what, but... Uh, yeah. So that's a personal piece. Um, there's something in all of them that are a little bit personal. Uh, here's one of you know Matanza. I had another title, Ole. It's about the bu- the bullfighter that does that loses <laughs> against the the, the, yeah. the matador that loses. Um, yeah, a lot of personal stuff in these, uh, but some that are really just. The, the personal aspect being my love for that subject matter, yeah. history or, or nature, or even I did a, I did an opening called monkey do and it was kind of a concept of a bit of a, my fascination with evolution and where the human race is headed into space and the whole, that movie 2001, a space odyssey really hit me uh-huh. hard when I was a kid. So monkey do is sort of a spinoff of that whole concept. There's a, there's a scene where the monkey or an ape, the primordial man's beating, I think another ape with a bone. And it's like the first use of tool. Yeah. And then he throws it in the air and it cuts to the spaceship and as Stanley Kubrick, it's called the million year cut, I think, or okay. something, maybe billion year cut, but that scene, that scene in particular really struck me. And so that inspired that whole series of paintings. Monkey yeah. do. I've still got one in my studio that I'm probably never going to let go. Do you have a few like that that you're never going to let go that are just, just can't let them go unless someone gives you a stupid amount of money? Not for really. I mean, no? uh, even that one, you give me the prices, <laughs> the prices, right? Uh, yeah. You, you know, I feel like these are sort of, I've never had kids. I'd always wanted them. I, maybe I will someday. I don't know. Um, but they're kind of like my babies. I look at them. They got to go off, go to college, find their... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mature and maybe so, come back one day. Right, yeah. right. So I don't really, you know... Now, the old stuff, when I was a kid, I'm, def- I'm never going to let that go, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's so many Not drawings. Not want it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's so many drawings that are in the old books that mum kept or, you know, just like the field manual, like the notebooks that you have yeah. that like, you know, it's like any artist where that be musician or they have a million songs that 
you know, there's so many songs that they never released. Right. And now, you know, sometimes they, like, what do they say when you're an artist, you know, famous until you die? Is that kind yeah, of, yeah. You know, all that nonsense? Um, right. Just stuff like that. Because then, you know, a lot of the time they see, like, well, they release all the stuff that was, like, in the background that never got released. And, like, oh, this stuff's actually amazing. Yeah. Do you ever yeah. think about that? Is there anything that you, like, think, oh, I don't want to post that, but. Well, I, I if, if you look, I'm real bad at posting just my sketches and i have so many just because they're so uh rough they're just sort of a note to myself okay. like remember this remember this <laughs> idea and this composition and uh, or the way this is drawn and sometimes they'll just pop out of nowhere like i'll be at a traffic light or whatever and then i'm just i'll think or see something and i'm like i'll either try to photograph it or i'm drawing a little loose sketch you know yeah uh, and you know, I don't want people to see those, but it probably would be interesting, and I probably should start sharing that more. Maybe yeah. I will. Does does like the you not want to share those because of like the perfectionist in you, or is it more of like this is my process? I kind of want to keep it to myself. Yeah, it's it's like the equivalent of me. Sh- like you know, you have dreams of you. You're in front of the class in your underwear. It's like that. Yeah. It's like uh, you know, I don't want you to see me. Um, you know, in my underwear. Whatever. Right. Because then I guess it's, if you did post that, you have to explain why. And you just probably don't want to explain, this is just a doodle, it's a sketch, this is my process, this is what it'll become in the future, but for now. Yeah, it's silly. It's probably a silly thing, <sighs> that a self-conscious thing that I should get over. Because I, I follow a lot of artists I'm a huge fan of, and they do it, and I love it. I yeah. Mean, I love seeing their behind the, behind the curtain you know, so right. I'm going to try to start doing that. Okay. Uh, so maybe that I'll might be my, my 2020 New Year's resolution. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't last like a week like most people's resolutions, yeah, yeah. right. right? Well, maybe after the first time I'll get I'll get more comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, talking about 2020, what's kind of coming up? What do you have, is anything other than, you know, this huge project you have with, with the, um, you know, the airport? Is there anything that's coming up next year or any other goals or avenues that you'd like to pursue? Yeah, I want to get in. I'd love to do some shows out of state. I've been talking to a gallery in in uh, Santa Fe, and and um, I'm t- talking to someone recently out of out of London that might be wanting a, a mural. I don't know. Uh, so, I, I mean, yeah. that airport thing is really happening in 2020. So I'm gonna be kind of. Expecting right. that, flying out to the Terrazzo company in North Carolina and then overseeing that. Um, after that, I think the project will be mostly finished. So yeah. I'm supposed to open in 2021, I think second quarter. And then that's everybody that's coming to Oklahoma City is going to walk all over Matt Goad. <laughs> <laughs> the Terrazzo yeah. floor anyway. Yeah. You get tagged in everything every time someone takes a picture of it. That's I love every, it. Yeah, that's really <laughs> cool. And I guess that's just like such a cool thing to have. Like everyone's going to travel into Oklahoma City and see that. And I mean, for someone who traveled so much and then settled in Oklahoma City, that's really cool. It's It's – yeah, I can't even put it into words like, really. Yeah. I, I do I do know from talking to friends who have done public pieces that have been in the spotlight that it comes with a cup uh, there's a good side and the bad side. Right. There's a there's a there's a you got to be ready for the the haters, I guess. Is the word people yeah. use cuz that's going to come but then like I said it's like if you're not getting a strong opinion one one way or the other you're doing something wrong maybe yeah. i feel that i kind of feel that way so i ex- but i expect that so i'm trying to kind of be a little bit thicker in yeah. this. but i think most people are going to be real positive that that whole process of designing it turned into I, because it's a public art thing there were a lot of political things that popped up that i didn't really see coming yeah which really has changed my perception on how these things work so but it's really right interesting. it's not yeah. Going into it, you're probably like it's more, you know, it's just I get to create this piece. It's about Oklahoma City and the history, and then I get to be, you know, free. But then I'm sure you had the revision, revisions back, and people are like, "Well, you can't say that." You can't. It's probably a lot more structured than you thought it was, right? Yeah, I mean, I just try to tell an honest story of Oklahoma City, and yeah, uh, I I re- I realized from talking to a few groups that that some of that is is painful history. Yeah. So I. 
we we just we adjusted some things mm-hmm. to make people not you know yeah it's kind of weird how like the world just goes like that though because like it happened it's history it's part of oklahoma history but it we kind of want to forget about that or we don't it happened but we don't like to say it it's weird isn't it it's weird someone said but but by putting it in art you're celebrating it and i don't i guess that depends on the piece and the context but for a general public piece of art Mm -hmm. to put something up that hurts or causes pain and you know the the famous stuff right now is the confederate statues in the south um so i i don't i don't know i think there's probably a good place to tell that story maybe even in art but uh yeah but yeah uh, in a public space like the airport i don't know yeah i don't i i might agree with with them and under i definitely understand it so yeah I think just the city in general as it you know over the last I guess three or four years has just become a lot more focused on art as well public art I guess well certainly that one percent thing yeah it's amazing R- Robbie Kinzel Randy Marks at uh the Oklahoma City Arts and Cultural Affairs they they kind of helped spearhead that when that yeah. happened and they they kind of oversee it and what a treasure to the it's city so cool. and state I mean yeah it's gonna and it's gonna be something that builds equity in in the city and the value of the city you know right and all the great cities have a huge art mm. piece you know yeah element to that city a lot of cities are built on it you know mm-hmm. I mean, yeah it's cool to see like uh you know you have is it Canale's work down in bricktown through the through the kind of tunnels or not tunnels right. but that and then just the huge murals that are on some of the walls and like the mothman stuff down on the the climbing silos or whatever like it you know it's people driving down the highway or whatever just look and then they see oh there's that's kind of cool you know a giant building or whatever it is like it is cool to see and i guess it is nice to that they embrace that and make it part of the city yeah i think it's great i think it probably helps the artists in general right it's going to help you guys and the community in general to do more public stuff sure it definitely elevates the uh you know the the um the fact that art a exists and there's yeah. people that local people that do it. Um, and we care about those people right. enough to put it up there and they, ex- they're expressing or we're expressing things about the city that, you know, we want to express that yeah. sh- shows pride or whatnot. And I think that's important. I hope we don't go through like what happened to Oklahoma city back in the day was that it's like a, we're going to knock all the old buildings down and try and rebuild new ones and yeah. they take out all the art and, Put something else well out. right well they're still knocking buildings down yeah yes. true so, <laughs> they'll probably take down art you know? uh, sometimes for good good yeah. reasons sometimes for bad probably well the one thing that like i don't understand who who i don't even know who did this or who even said yes to it but there's that circle metal circle at the end of broadway you know what i'm talking about <laughs> is the is it the cock ring it's the cock ring yeah <laughs> I don't who know. Did, who decided, who gave that a go ahead? I don't. I do not. I just. Know. I drove past the other I day. Like, I was like, "You've got to be." There's no. Why would someone do I that? I can't speak to that piece. Oh, it's so know. funny. If you're listening and you haven't seen it, just at the end, it's like next to Red Prime, right? Basically down the street from Red Prime. Um, at the end of Broadway, there's just this circle. Is it a seating area? What is it? Uh, it's I, like a metal circle. That's it's a metal some, circle that has sculpture. OKC popped out yeah. of the metal. Which also, yeah, OKC everywhere letters. Which, if you read it some way, it's it spells cock, which is quite funny. Um, but yeah, I just saw that. I was like, this is yeah. There's one. They've gone a little bit too far with that one. Whoever decided that that was a good thing to do, then I'm sure they're laughing their heads off, thinking there's no way we can get away with this. It's probably somebody from Texas. Uh, but no, it's uh, yeah. Like art in general in Oklahoma City, it's really cool to see, especially the public stuff. Uh, and I'm excited to to see the finished work that you have going on at the airport because it's it's amazing. It's a massive piece, and it's uh, it's something completely different to you know the statue of Will Rogers or, or whatever that's in there, or like the giant. Um, canvas southern nazarene poster that everybody looks at like it's right. there's so much stuff in there right you know it's always but i think that oklahoma city did the airport definitely needed something to to create you know and make it jump a little bit so definitely excited to see that um 
and yeah, I guess that's that's your whole project next year, really, right? That's like the bulk of everything you're going to do next year. Well, I mean, I, I have my bread and butter graphic design yeah. cl- accounts that keep me pretty nine to five, Monday through Friday busy. I, but I will be working a lot on that for yeah. sure. I mean, you know. Awesome. Uh, it's cool because I don't really physically do it. Yeah. I've, d- I've designed it and they've got contractors that'll put in. And I'll be out there kind of like uh, like Mr. Burns' boss <laughs> with my hard hat on. Do this. Going, ah, fix that. Or you're fired. No, I won't be able to say that. But. Oh. <laughs> no, it is cool, though. Just kind It'll of being be here and, and I guess being technically in the, the whole new place and seeing it all before it opens up and yeah getting to walk through that fsb architects they're like world renowned they're here in oklahoma city for they're especially renowned with aerospace okay. architecture and uh the space is just totally futuristic oklahoma city's gonna be super proud when they yeah. see it well so. It, so i know you've mentioned architecture a little bit that's kind of like a love of yours um and for me like the best part of oklahoma city that has great architecture is just the boathouse district amazing yeah right yeah is there anything else that like the i mean downtown now with the with the Sizzletail park's cool but i think we just got away from that didn't we with everyone knocking old buildings down like it's kind of like opened up i guess for some futuristic architecture that right. lighting glass metal like it's there's so many cities that have amazing spots and I think we're just infants in that right now. Yeah, the, there's a few eras in Oklahoma that were really strong in architecture, I think. Uh, mainly because we had oil, yeah. we had money. Like Tulsa especially, the Art Deco up there is world-renowned. I think it's, they're like, I think maybe number three in the world next mm-hmm. to New York and Miami. Um, and in Oklahoma City, we, we had some really great Art, art Deco. They still We still have some. Yeah, but we in the fifties there were just a lot. There's a lot of mid-century modern stuff that came up in Oklahoma City that we've torn a lot of it down. And we started mm-hmm. a group called Oki Mod Squad on uh-huh. Facebook. And, yeah, uh, that was kind of a preservationist group that we and we've really tried to save some of these buildings. And it's tough because a lot of these are privately owned. Uh, giant plots of land yeah and they're the, the land's worth more than what the structure is right. but oklahoma city has a love for them you know in the yeah. case of a church a lot of their taxes were subsidized by the mm-hmm. by the residents mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but anyway so i get it but it's all it's just a topic that it's challenging yeah. for, for the city but uh we do have a ton of still a ton of great mid-century modern uh-huh. architecture st patrick's church the flying saucer bank here on lincoln mm-hmm. which is Went through a lot of changes. We Thankfully, the, still around. Yeah, right. but it's still there. The yeah. my favorite's the Egg Church at Walker and and uh, and thirty Northwest Thirty Sixth Street. I live really close to that. Uh-huh. I, I love seeing it when I walk around the park, poking up out of the trees. I feel like you know I'm in a Star Wars movie yeah. or something. Uh, but um, but then yeah, Rand Elliott and, and Brian Fitzsimmons and um, a lot of local. Firms like that have really mm-hmm. been sort of at the forefront of pushing pushing the envelope and and what we can do as a city and, yeah. and that 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 Bowhouse district is a great example. Of that. Yeah, definitely. It's just it's something that um, it just stands out, doesn't it? And it's something that keeps it helps Oklahoma City grow and it brings more people in and they see that and like, oh, this is actually a cool spot. Sure. Yeah. Uh, as long as they don't keep knocking down these. 50s buildings like the bank on may that they took out last year or this year and then oh, I know. the building on what is it 23rd the gold dome that they're taking out whatever they've decided to do with well, that they took off they took out the drive-throughs on the old bank yeah and i think that's where it's gonna stop i hope yeah but yeah i mean that's only one of a few geodesic domes on you know in the yeah. country so it was cool but but yeah all the great cities there's a variety of those old buildings mm-hmm. and the, the new ones and they meshed beautifully together yeah you don't want a city just full of a bunch of new you know buildings right. that look alike so yeah. no it makes sense what uh but i love that stuff what, what's coming up like i guess you know i know we spoke about next year but do you have any trips coming up for this month are you going anywhere soon y- yeah i'm flying up to new york here in a couple weeks and going up try to go to europe first first to 2020 okay for a little bit uh any goal for that uh, no, I just have been dying to get up, get out. Uh, it's you know just uh, there's a couple locations I want to I want to hit uh, in Spain. Yeah. I wanna, you know, visit Madrid and um, 
probably I, I hope to get up there a few times. Also, Mexico. I went last year, and I got to yeah. get back down there. It's amazing. Mexico City is incredible. With the art scene down there? Yeah, the art scene's amazing. Uh, it's funny. I got lost. I was downtown. <laughs> I got lost. My phone had died, and uh, I didn't know where my hotel was, and I don't really speak Spanish <laughs> very yeah. well. And I found a... Uh, I just found some college kids in this bar, and one of them spoke fluent English, and I told them I was lost, and they they were like, immediately, they were all over helping me, you know, and then they were like asking me what I did, I told them my art, and then we're still friends, it's funny. That's really they, cool. They took me to my hotel, and we were, you know, and I was just thinking, you know, what if you were a Mexican in, a, in the States, lost downtown, some city? Yeah. Would you be taken in by a bunch of college? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. It's, yeah, it's, I can't imagine it being that. Anyway, of all the places, Mexicans too. are beautiful people, and I love. I of love all the it. places to get lost, like Mexico City is not a safe place. No, you wouldn't think. But I mean, I was totally, I was totally, nothing happened. It was, yeah. you know, the, the it was a weird night though. The earthquakes had just happened not long before. They were having a big concert for mm. benefiting the earthquake victims down yeah. there. But, yeah, but I love just the just the architecture and the art scene, uh, the murals, Diego Rivera. I've always uh -huh. been a huge fan of. Yeah, um, that's yeah. cool. That's really cool. Well, I don't want to take any more of your time. I know you're a busy man, and I really appreciate you know uh, inviting me down here for an hour just to you know learn about what you do and your process and and the cars and the music and just everything that that is you. Um, so for everyone listening, uh, you can go follow Matt. At Matt Goat Art, is it on Instagram? No, it's just Matt. Yeah, you know, Matt Goat Art on Instagram, on Instagram. Right? and then yeah. MattGoat.com. MattGoat.com and my des graphic design website, which can link you can link there is GoatAbode.com. G O A D A B O D E dot com. And that's more of the commercial stuff. Yeah, it's a little more of the commercial Got stuff. It. So yeah, awesome. excuse my thank you, Mike, and excuse my my raspy, <laughs> well, stocked right. up voice. I'm gonna listen to this back and think I sound really cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but again, I want to thank you so much. It's it's been a pleasure to come and see everything, and uh, I wish you all the best for next year. Safe travels, and I can't wait to see Oklahoma City's airport. It's gonna look awesome. Oh, me too. Thank you. I appreciate it, Mike. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next week. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram. This podcast was produced by Mike Hearn and Ian Weston, mixed by Alan Brown, with music by Chad Duro.